0: But well, my prediction is a three-year challenge. Now, here, let me add to this. Here's a few hot takes. Like you said, with the added stress, like I said, with the burnout, you are going to see teachers. Let me not say teachers. Mm-hmm. I actually hate the word teachers. Let me not say teachers. Educators. Because it's going to include counselors, school psychologists, school social workers, administrators, mm-hmm. cafeteria staff. Librarians, look, are going to be leaving the education field over this next three years. You heard it first on the Black Scholars podcast. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. No, I believe... Blackscholarspublishing.com
1: That uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And that's equality right there. record label Ms. fish just did it. Ooh, nylon cover five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. Ooh, about to make a movie independent. Yeah, Yo, you feeling like me? I feel like a prince that turned into a king. Found me a queen. Started a family and got me a team. On top of my dreams. Joiner, her i know you inspired by me like i was inspired by Nelson mandela i give him a rose for every endeavor But shout out to julia serving one of the legends i worship muhammad ali put to work and he was the champ the greatest he earned it i love that you think that i'm perfect but i had plenty mistakes and burdens my grandmama thought i was worth it she always guided me when i was searching i wouldn't be me if it wasn't for her i wouldn't be willy i couldn't be me if there wasn't no eddie i wouldn't be will if i wasn't from philly Ain't much that you really can tell me. Willie been cold since Vinny and Jerry. Must have forgot that I really get busy. They done forgot who invented get Jiggy. Hey, forgot. back before there was streaming sales, way before all the iTunes and the fans had to get CDs still. 60 million records sold, I was on fire. I ain't even need a grill. Did it all with no cuss words. I ain't had to curse just to keep it real. Me and Jazz in the late 80s, writing rhymes, make the tapes daily. Fresh prints make the babes crazy. Rest in peace to James Avery, even when the streets calm.
0: So, Charmaine Damper, welcome to mm-hmm. the Black Scholars Podcast.
2: Thank you. Finally. <laughs> I know, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are we were supposed to do this like last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So, mm-hmm. um, you want to introduce yourself to the audience and just let them know like what you do, where you work at. You don't have to you know, mm-hmm. list your actual district, but
2: just give them an mm-hmm. idea of what you do. And okay, how long so you've my been name is... It. So my name is Charmaine Damper. Um, I'm a second grade teacher in Washington, D.C. I teach at a public charter school in Southeast. So I teach at a Ward 8 school here in D.C.
0: And you said a Ward 8 school? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What's that? Break that down for us.
2: So Ward 8 schools in D.C. are basically like the underserved communities in that area. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's a Title I school? Yes. Okay. A lot of poverty. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yes, we are surrounded by projects. We literally have one like right across the street from us. Like they're everywhere.
0: So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know your educational background as far as like the the details of it, but mm-hmm. have you heard of the phrase urban education before?
2: I've heard of it before. What do you think about that? that? Really Based on
0: what you know about it, what do you think about urban education? I'm just curious. When
2: I hear so, when I hear urban education, anytime I've heard it, I instantly think of underserved. Okay, that's that's what I instantly think of. It's always going to be poverty stricken. It's always going to be um, those communities where children are underserved. That's what I think of.
0: And so mm-hmm. in urban education, based on what I know, and I've come across it in different um, phases, phases of my career, urban education in Memphis, Tennessee, it is serving under um, underserved or mm-hmm. uh, impoverished children, children of families who are impoverished. But it comes with like a special type of like philosophy, like the mm-hmm. strategies you use in a classroom, are slightly different than what you would use in mm-hmm. a non-underserved classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's more on the school level than it is necessarily on the classroom level where I think yeah. on the school level you're trying to service the actual community and not just saying, hey, you send your kids to school, we're going to teach them some stuff and then they're going to move on to the next grade. Like it's a little bit mm-hmm. deeper than that. Like it's like, how can we get the families in here how can we get them involved um typically with urban education programs they try to um even teach like the parents like if parents need like mm-hmm. um uh mm-hmm. need skills on like how to create a resume and how mm-hmm. to look for a job and how to do interviews they do like mock interviews and so um it's supposed to be more comprehensive as far mm-hmm. as doing what schools should be doing but i think That looks different and should look different everywhere, depending on what city Mm -hmm. you're in. But I would make an argument that's what schools are supposed to be doing anyway. It's just a matter of the fact that we are usually undermanned and definitely underpaid, which is why schools don't do that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, we're products of the community. We should be servicing the community in whatever capacity, but we don't have the resources. Um, So anyway, so off of that. So, again, welcome to the Black Scholars Podcast. We're continuing this series on uh, the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what's going on? Before we even start talking about education and teaching, what's going on with you? Because you're in Washington, D.C., correct? Mm -hmm. So what's going on with with Washington, D.C., as far as the pandemic and the coronavirus is concerned?
2: Um, Things are slowly but surely getting back to normal Um, we're still, I guess you can say like on quarantine or like lockdown at home, like a lot of, you can literally only do like mostly essential things like grocery store, um, things like that because, you know, the cases here, I think were more than where you are. I think people are kind of like skeptical of like going out and opening businesses back up. So as far as I know, there is like no, there's being things put in place, but there's no set dates to when we can, quote-unquote, go back to normal here. Okay. Um, Virginia actually canceled school for the rest of the school year. Okay. So Maryland and D.C. Um, will be done on May 28th. But as far as, like, resuming back to normal, I honestly can't even tell you when that's going to happen for us. Like, it's like we're still on lockdown. Um, we can't go anywhere without masks on, face coverings, um, the lines to grocery stores or just, you know, places where you would normally go and get in with ease their lines wrapped around the corner some places you have to have gloves on so it's I don't really see us coming out of this anytime soon honestly Um, we might even be looking at distant learning for the the rest like the rest of the school year so
0: yeah yeah, it's it's pretty
2: different here Mm -hmm. So,
0: so now let's get into the education portion of it and so schools are still technically open K through 12 Mm-hmm. And DC. Mm-hmm. He said the yes. same for Virginia?
2: No, Virginia is out. Oh, they're so
0: Virginia's, they're done for the school year. They're done. Yeah, okay.
2: the, the mayor, I mean, the governor of Virginia, he shut that down back in March. Like okay. they're out. Right. So Maryland and DC we will be done, I think it's like May 28th or 29th or something like that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so how is the distance learning or distance teaching, um, would be a better <laughs> term, How's that? how's that been for you and what does that look like? Um, working with your kids
2: it's interesting um in my opinion i think it's just a band-aid it's temporary it's not it's i feel like we're doing it blind like we really have no idea what we're doing we're just trying to (laughs) i mean for me as a teacher i'm trying to at least maintain what i've taught if Mm -hmm. i can't do anything else at least maintain help them maintain the skills but honestly um, it's been, what, two months, and I'm still lost. Like, I'm still trying to figure it out day by day. Um, it's kind of hard to set standards and put rules in place when we don't, we have no idea. Like, we, we're unprepared for this. And it's even more harder because I teach second graders. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, they are not, it's hard to keep their attention on a regular school day, let alone in front of a computer right. trying to teach a lesson. And on top of that, because I teach in a ward, um, a school, there's lack of resources. You know, parents may not have Wi-Fi. They may not have technology. And then just, you know, that area alone says a lot for itself. You know, a lot of our parents, they just simply aren't educated. And that's just what it is. And so that's a struggle in in a normal school year. So it's even more of a struggle now. So we have problems with students logging on. Um, getting the work completed it's communication is hard it's like all over the place so it's definitely not easy at all it's not easy at all honestly I just have to try to make the best of what I can with what I got
0: so at your school and for your and to be clear you're at a charter school right yes okay so is your charter school part of a bigger network or how big Um, is the network
2: no, our our organization is very small. Okay, um,
0: is it just one school? Have,
2: yes, it's just one school. We okay. have two. We only go to third grade, so we go from pre K to third grade. Okay, and we only have two classrooms per grade level, so we're a very small organization.
0: Okay, and uh, you've been yeah. working there your entire three years. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how do yeah. you like how do you like working for a charter school?
2: I, I it's good. Um. I would say the networking is different. I feel like we're more close knit
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, because we don't tip. We don't, we don't really follow like DCPS, like regular public schools. Mm-hmm. We kind of have like our own little thing going on. Um, and we answer to our executive director versus, you know, like having a superintendent and all this stuff like that. Um, I love it. I would say my experience has been great with it. Um, there are a couple of things that regular public schools have that I wish that we had, but sure. like I said, we don't follow that module so some things are different but for the most part I like it. Okay,
0: that's good that's mm-hmm. good. And so for all the issues that you spoke about as far as distance learning and distance teaching um, have have already been stated um, even by me as far mm-hmm. as concerned with kids having uh, access to, uh, stable wi-fi because you know in america we just you know wi-fi is just like an expectation you walk yeah. in someone's house you expect there's wi-fi there what's the password dude give me the password but mm-hmm. if you've been anywhere around the world or if you just pay attention to world news or anything like that you don't know in the united states our wi-fi is trash like just being honest now you go anywhere yeah. else the wi-fi is so much faster it's easily uh, obtainable, and, you know, we definitely take it for granted, but it's definitely a concern that kids don't have access to uh, stable Wi-Fi. I also stated that I'm concerned about, you know, and I don't know how true this is, I don't want anybody's lights being cut off because, obviously, yeah. that's a huge concern. Um, yeah. So, with your kids being in uh, second grade, were you guys already a one to one school? Did they already have devices already, or...?
2: So we do. Okay. Um, but the but when we brought this up, you know, because, of course, we're like, well, wait a minute, our kids don't have this stuff. They don't have this technology. So initially, when we brought it up, it was the concern was we were not going to get the technology back. And that was going to be an issue because we have to have this stuff for the next school year. Right. Um, so then that turned into, well, what protocols can we put in place to ensure that we're going to be able to loan out this technology and get it back? Um, I know you had schools in Maryland. They were giving out laptops like two weeks after mm-hmm. it's May. We're just not giving out technology this week. So any students I've had who do not have Wi-Fi, who do not have. Um computers have literally just not been able to access any of my work for two months. Um, and a lot of it is not having enough technology to give them to loan out. So right. I mean, there are so many factors that play in part to that.
0: So the kids had access to the technology at school before mm-hmm. before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. But the concern from the school was, well, they haven't been taking them home, now they need yeah. to obviously use them at home. How are we yeah. going to resolve that? And so yeah. now they're starting to pass out those devices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yep. for those kids that do have the devices, are you having a lot of communication with either them or probably more so their parents about how to use certain pieces of the technology, or are the kids adapting to that pretty easily?
2: Yeah, I would say they're adapting to it pretty easy. So, the good thing is, um, the platform that we use, I actually use it in class anyway. Okay. So, they know their login, they know the website, they know how to navigate the, um, the, the platform, they know how to access their work, they know how to message me and ask me questions. So, that, that was um, pretty easy. It wasn't okay. hard to do that at all.
0: Good, good. And mm-hmm. um, as far as subjects for second grade, you teach English, math.
2: Everything, ELA, okay. math, social studies, all that. Oh, way. so
0: you do it all—science, everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how does that? How does that look with your kids, though? Is it like a? Is it something different on each day, or do they have to report at the hour, or is all the work already uploaded and you upload it with videos explaining things, or like how does that look?
2: It's all over the place. Okay. Um, we, because like I said, we are still in a place now where we're trying to figure it out. Like for the first couple of weeks, it was just. I would, um, well, before we got out, we created packets, but then the issue became they're going to get through these packets pretty soon. So then it turned into me just using that platform to assign skills I had already taught and then checking to see who was completing what, who was failing, what did I need to reassign? So now it's transitioning to Actually, trying to teach mini lessons, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then post them onto so I use Dojo, like posting them onto Dojo, um, making sure that parents are having students to access this every day, and then putting follow up assignments to that mini lesson on the digital platform.
1: Okay. Um,
2: and then I have Zoom meetings twice a week for an hour on those skills that I've been posting on my Dojo for those mini lessons.
0: And when you say Dojo, you're referring to Class Dojo. Yes. Okay, and you probably mm-hmm. typically use Class Dojo anyway during the school year.
2: Yeah, but we only use Class Dojo for behavior. Um, behavior. That's what I use so it for now. Yeah. yeah so now we're having to use it for teaching. Right. And that's a struggle because I'm at home. I don't have any. Was you that know, I don't always have any resources. a resources?
0: Was that always an option with Class Dojo? Because I've been using Class Dojo since yeah. I taught high school, and that was like. 11 years ago
2: yeah you yeah. can Um, so you can and I didn't even know that you could connect students you could you could set up student yeah, profiles and have mm-hmm. them do it yeah so we only used it as like a behavioral pro- like something for Same. behavioral management mm-hmm. and it was something for parents to have to be able to contact us because I didn't want to give out my phone number so mm-hmm. that's what I use it as but now I use it to upload mini lessons and I use it to post work so you can post it's like PDFs
0: you can post PDFs mm-hmm. and everything, and they can download it. And
2: mm-hmm. okay, I have it saved to my like if I want if there's a particular story I want to look at, sure. I just save it to my phone, and then I post it on my class story.
0: Okay, so I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta do some digging uh, in the yeah. class Joe because, like you said, I've only used it for behavior as a way to. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, like, reinforce, you know, consequences, negative and positive consequences. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, like you said, parents can take a look at it. Kids can take a look at it, and they can see how many points they have. They love the little, I don't know, monster emojis, whatever they (laughs) are. They love those. And, um, you know, parents communicate with me sometimes on there. And I used to, like, if we were working on a project or a presentation, they working in groups, I would take a picture, Mm -hmm. um, and then I would post that so then the families can see that. Because um, I Thank felt safer posting it there Than p- posting it on like Facebook Because you got like all types yeah. of R. Kelly's Out there and stuff And <laughs> yeah. you know, I, te- I teach middle school and so You know I, I got you know um, I work with 6th grade and 8th grade And in the past I've worked with 6th, 7th and 8th So I got 12, mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14 Year olds and it's like mm-hmm. in Middle school is that time where they're like you know their hormones yeah. are going crazy and stuff like that. So yeah, we got R. Kelly's out there. So I don't want them <laughs> I don't I don't want the R. Kelly seeing my babies. And uh yeah. So anyways, but yeah. that's dope. That's a really good tip. So anyone listening to this podcast, um, because we've spoken about class dojo before. Um mm-hmm. let's dig into that and let's see, you know, everything um that you're saying as far as being able to actually use it almost like a like a LMS, like a like a learning management yeah. system. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is there any other um like LMS or anything that you guys use like Google Classroom or School, Schoology or anything like that?
2: So we're using Class Dojo and MobyMax.
0: And Moby I love MobyMax.
2: Yes, that's I what love
0: MobyMax. Yes, A lot of people awesome. don't know about MobyMax. MobyMax is fun. Many get
2: into it. Cause yeah. It, it grades the work, it yeah. checks it, it lets you know who passed Moby this, who Max. didn't get that. Yeah. You can reassign it. So I always use Moby Max as my follow up. So okay. after my mini lesson, I assign that skill on Moby Max and that's my follow up. Okay. And it grades it, it does yeah. all the work for I you. know about Moby yeah. Max.
0: Moby Max is mm-hmm. nice. I, I've used MobiMax Max in the past as a intervention. So when a kid mm-hmm. is really struggling to get something, I'm like, okay, yeah. let's go to because how they break it down. They break it down in so many sub-objectives, at least at the the middle school or secondary level. It goes into so many sub-objectives with just one standard, literally like 10 different like mini lessons. And I make them go through each one of those. Mm -hmm. And if they have a question, then we work through it together. And usually after they do that, then it's a wrap. But um, at my new school, they actually didn't have a MobiMax um, Mm -hmm. login. So I had to purchase like a... Uh, one license per teacher type thing. Wow. And, um, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. So
2: I wouldn't be either because that's no, cause I, cheap.
0: <laughs> well, it's not cheap, but I work for a rather <laughs> affluent school district. And, um mm-hmm. Yeah, they just—it's a lot of things they don't have that they should have, but. that's
2: Mobymax is bomb, and I—it's a great differentiation tool. Definitely. I can assign the same skill mm-hmm. to all of my students on different grade levels to meet them where they are. That's what I love about it.
0: Now, for second so. grade, with second grade with Mobymax, are you using it for all subjects or just just ELA or?
2: So I'm mostly using it for ELA fonts, okay. and
0: math. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know that. Yeah, that's right. They do have math on there. And I do Mm -hmm. remember they do have phonics on there as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, definitely check out Moby Max. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well, too. I love Mm -hmm. Moby Max. I don't know if I've ever mentioned Moby Max before on this podcast. I love Moby Max. Um, Great. So let's see. So um, and you kind of address this with the distance learning. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to maintain your kids, you know, skills, you know, during this past, you know, two months or, or whatnot. And um, mm-hmm. obviously, there's some issues there with kids not having access to Wi Fi or not having the devices and just getting the devices. But even if they just, even if they have the devices, that still doesn't solve the Wi Fi problem. Um, mm-hmm. Is the district trying to do anything about the Wi Fi situation or is there anything so legally they can do?
2: They mentioned something about um, parents had to like fill out some type of form mm-hmm. and. I think they, if they would be redirected to, I don't know, like Comcast or Xfinity or something, they were offering like mobile hotspots that they could go to that offer free Wi-Fi, or like plans that they could get on that was like nine ninety nine a month or free for such and such days. So the school was redirecting them to, you know, where they could get Wi-Fi and how they could get it. Um, but there, there are options. You
0: know, so. For them. I think there might be something from the federal government has been listening mm-hmm. to um, school districts and obviously the state departments of education. Because I'll tell you, I was somewhere, what's today, Monday? I was somewhere Friday and mm-hmm. I had to go clean out my class and get everything pretty much ready for next school year. have my mask and gloves on, cleaning out my student lockers. And mm-hmm. I was doing that and I left and I was trying to handle some business and an email was getting sent to me. But the email is I don't have that email saved on my set up on my phone. So I needed to mm-hmm. use my laptop. So I opened up my laptop and I'm just looking to see, you know, my nearest Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts or something. And there was something that popped up. And like you said, I think you said Xfinity was probably yeah. one of them. Something yeah. popped up that was very general. And it was like almost like if you're on a plane and you're trying to access Wi-Fi or sometimes um, if you're in a hotel, not a guest and they give you like a guest pass. So was something that popped up and it kind of mentioned like Mm COVID-19. So I thought that was like rather interesting. Now, there were some options there to pay. But I'm not sure if there's an option to get around that if you are affected. Well, I mean, everyone at this point is affected by the pandemic in, in some way, you know, some form or fashion. But uh, I, think I, it's I, like
2: a, um, I think it's like a hot spot because yeah. I had... Um, my friend came to visit me, and she was doing some work on her laptop. And I'm like, "How are you doing work? And right. you're not connecting, You didn't ask me for Wi Fi." I didn't give you the Wi Fi. <laughs> and and what she was like, I, "She was like, I'm. I don't know. I'm on the Wi Fi." So I opened up my Wi Fi, and there's mm-hmm. an Xfinity network open for free.
0: I think that's and the federal I'm at government. Home. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, so I think they just given like free hotspots for you to connect to.
0: That might be a um, part to do of it. um that might be a part of that stimulus package, that $2 trillion, that might be a part. (laughs) And that makes sense, and that's good. Like, that's a great thing. So finally, the federal government got something right. Thank Mm -hmm. you. We appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But, um, so she probably just did the, whatever the free pass was or whatever like that. But I know that free pass expires after an hour, though. Did she work past that on there?
2: She was
0: on there for like 30 minutes, (laughs) though. Yeah, so, yeah, she did. I'm just curious to see what happens after an hour, because, you know, our kids, they need it every day, and... You know, depending on what grade they're in, they might need it for over an hour. Um, mm-hmm. So, as I was saying, like, so you're trying to maintain the skills your kids are going into, and like second grade is vitally important. And I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to assume in DC second graders they not, they're they're not tested, right? Like they don't take standardized tests that the state so looks at or
2: It's not necessary. So it's so I work at a charter school, so it's different. Right. So we take what's called MAP. I don't know if you ever heard that. I've heard
0: of MAP. Yeah.
2: So we take MAP, um, but our third graders take what's called PARC. And that. Right. I know um, Park,
0: P-A-R-C-C? Yes. Yeah, I know I know PARC very yes. well. PARC was supposed to be a part of, if everyone would have kept Common Core.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, so are you guys so operating they... on Common Core standards? Yes. Like yes. verbatim? Like they didn't change yes. them or anything? because that's what a lot of states did a lot of states were like yo you know you know the politics of education i hate, I hate yeah it. i hate it and yeah. so i'll tell you what we did in tennessee we took those common core standards and mm-hmm. we changed the name and we revised them like one year we revised them then we revised them again so i think they've been revised i want to say three times they've been revised mm-hmm. three times but if you compare them to the common core we subtle differences. Core. It's the same thing. It's the same thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. We use okay. Common Core. Um, and of course, you know, you go in and you tweak it and you pull out some stuff. And you're like, oh, we're gonna do that. Right. But um we also we take map, but park is like that test that count, that accounts for that you know, like accreditation and all yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's like the big test that really, really matters. Nevertheless, when we take map, it acc- it accounts for so with charter schools. There's like this scale, okay. and there's a, an array of things that they that um that account for your accreditation or your tier status, okay. And so they take what's called map um in second grade, and basically, you know, map measures your growth, right? Um, and so it's not necessarily you know as critical um as third grade, but it's something that we still try to get students to do the best that they can on. Um, because it's going to count for a portion of our score when we get rated overall as a charter school. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of tricky with second grade.
0: And I know in the midst of all of this, because right now we're all dealing with chaos. Um, mm-hmm. But have have <coughs> has your school leadership has admin started having education uh, started having conversations with everyone, with all of the educators about that moving from second going to third grade. We got this pandemic we got kids not being able to access the the distance learning and dealing mm-hmm. with we didn't even mention all the things that kids are dealing with right so yeah domestic abuse has went up significantly across the country or let's say across the universe across Super the world um, mm-hmm. child abuse <laughs> has significantly increased and so mm-hmm. We got people. We got. We have some families lack of food. Like you're, like you said, dealing with the Ward Eight schools. You're dealing mm-hmm. with kids who are already impoverished. You know, we have mm-hmm. kids who probably aren't eating their best meals. Maybe their best meals they ate, honestly, unfortunately, might have been at school. And mm-hmm. um, I couldn't imagine that. Like I couldn't imagine my best meals coming from school because I can't speak for everybody. But me growing up, I loved my schools and I went to really incredible schools. The cafeteria was not incredible. The cafeteria was not great, okay? We didn't, win a, we didn't win awards at my schools because of the food. Let me tell you. So I can't imagine that being my best food because yeah. I don't even know what I was eating some of the time. Sometimes I wouldn't eat, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mystery meat. I'm like, that's meatloaf? Nah, same, I'm gonna pass on same. That. That's pizza? Nah, that don't look like pizza my mother be ordering. Nah, I'm straight on that.
2: So, so they they had, okay. um, when we first shut down, they were giving out lunch actually every day. Mm-hmm. For and I think they were there for like thirty minutes a day. They were giving out bad lunches for like two weeks. But as the days were going on, the number of people coming to pick that lunch up was declining. And so really? they stopped.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it
2: declined significantly. And so they stopped, you know, providing those type of services. Um as far as like having that conversation, um, I mean, lately in our in our virtual faculty meetings, the conversation has been about Retention and mm-hmm. how are we going to go about passing students and how we're going to go about, you know, addressing parents who may feel like their child didn't get the full benefit of second grade right. and they may want to retain them. Right. And second grade is a big step between first and third grade.
0: It is. It's huge. It's
2: a big step. It's huge. And if you step into third grade. Not ready. Missing skills. Yeah. It's going to affect you tremendously because it's a big leap. It's a big leap. Yeah. So, um... We're trying to handle that the best way we can. I mean, the reality of it is, they they are missing out. They they're going to be missed out on four months of school. We go until June twenty eighth. Oh wow! So we've been out since second week of March. Mm-hmm. It's May. Mm-hmm. That's quite. You guys go until
0: June when?
2: June twenty eighth.
0: Oh my god.
2: And we were a year-round school, my first two years teaching. This year was actually our first year where we stopped the year-round module. When I first started at this school, we would yeah. start August 1st, get out June 28th. My summer break was three weeks. Wow. Train for two weeks, go back. Um, this year was the first year we actually went after Labor Day. So we uh-huh. go to June 28th. So there's so much stuff I have not taught yet. So much stuff. And these are prerequisites to third grade. So Exactly. I, we got three weeks left. I'm not comfortable with teaching new stuff. I don't have I don't have materials. I honestly don't really know how to tackle that. So,
0: so here's so here's, I don't know
2: the, how that's gonna go. Yeah, so
0: here's the <laughs> issue. <don't> <laughs> so the purpose of why we do what we do, and I can even remember um, having my very first interview um are you familiar you're you're in dc you're familiar with the teaching fellows right or the new teacher project yeah so i came in through the through the teaching fellows and it's funny because dc was actually one of my locations i could have went to uh, along Mm -hmm. with new orleans and chicago and a few other places and um i decided to come to memphis and the very first question she asked me is leonard why do you want to work in education? Why do you want a career in education? And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I had been studying like crazy just for my praxis exams. So mm-hmm. when I put everything together and just kind of synthesize everything, and I just wanted to give her the most honest answer I possibly could, I said, so I can raise student achievement. And I meant that. Mm-hmm. And I meant mm-hmm. that. and And it's been the same. It's the, you know. Education. Let's keep it real. It's a very stressful profession, regardless Mm -hmm. of what title you have, what your direct deposits look like. Like, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, you know, you can recruit more teachers and you can keep good teachers and great teachers if you pay them more. Okay, so we'll take we'll take more money. That doesn't deny the stress. Same as a doctor. Right. They get paid Mm -hmm. handsomely. Doesn't deny the stress. They got people potentially Mm -hmm. dying, especially right now. Right. Um, so with that stress, being in education, you have to have something that keeps you rooted or you have to have something that, that keeps you motivated. And that's the one thing that always motivates me. And it's also why I'm able to see like, okay, whatever new practice or new, uh, reform we're trying to do this school Mm -hmm. year probably isn't going to work because it's not hitting the heart of the problem, which is student achievement. So Mm -hmm. when we think about student achievement, And for you, and I'm glad I'm talking to you in D.C., and I'm glad I'm talking to you specifically, because at your charter school, you guys go into June 28th. -hmm. Everyone I've been talking to, including myself, we're worried about missing two months of school. You guys Mm -hmm. are going to be missing four months of school. And Mm -hmm. you are at, like you said, such a significant grade as far as building those foundational skills, Um, going into third grade. And, I mean, let's be honest, going into third grade and third grade scores third grade scores is exactly what the the powers that be look at as far as mm-hmm. deciding, you know, that that prison or what they call it, the educational prison pipeline, yeah. right? Like yes. how many jails do we need to continue to build because we see right here 60% of these this demographic of kids can't read or write mm-hmm. at a high level, you know? They're mm-hmm. not they're not showing proficiency in literacy. Um So third grade is huge. Like it's huge. Mm -hmm. And with you guys missing four months of school, most people around the country probably missing two, two and a half months of school. Yeah, that is a concern. What suggestion? what suggestions do you have like kind of circling in your mind? Like, how are we going to do this? Because I think one of the things is, like you said, your first two years of your career, you were year round school.
1: Mm -hmm. Do
0: you think it's a possibility like that might be a suggestion for, you know, not just charter schools, but everyone like everyone's going to start next school year. Everybody's going to have to be a year round school in order to make up make up those missing skills that they didn't get.
2: I think that's a major possibility. Mm -hmm. However, one of the reasons that um, my schools decide to stop that is because they didn't see a change in test scores. Right. So it was like, why are we in school year round if we aren't really seeing a change? So huh. I think that's that may be an option for a lot of schools. Um, one thing I do know, if we as teachers ever thought we would ever been stressed out before yeah. this upcoming school year, yeah. we are definitely going to be stressed out because we are going to be playing catch up as if our children, like especially where I'm teaching, as if they aren't behind already they're gonna be even more behind. So mm-hmm. it's it's all we're almost gonna like swap roles. You know, I'm gonna have students coming in who are still on first and kindergarten level. Mm-hmm. So realistically, unless they're just high flyers and they can get it like that, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna even a lot of us won't even be teaching on grade level next year. Mm-hmm. Because we I mean it's just it's just kids are just not going to be where they are. They're just not going to have those prerequisite skills. Um, I'm hoping that parents will step in and do their part because I feel like we can only do so much without, you know, having the support of the parents with the children as well.
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I agree with you. hundred. You know, I 100% agree with you, but I don't know if we're going to get it simply because I'm thinking about. How many parents, and again, I worked in an affluent school district, but I didn't mm-hmm. always work in an affluent school district, so I see all sides of the coin. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the, 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 the kids or the parents of the kids I used to serve, which was mm-hmm. a Title I school, and I stayed there for five years. Um, a lot of them work retail. A lot of them Mm. work, if not entry level jobs, then, you know, when you start an entry level job and then you get a promotion, they were just there. Right. So they went from cashier to shift supervisor. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were impacted. Like we know restaurants have closed that won't be opening back up. Gyms have closed that won't be uh, opening back up. Um, Barbers, beauty salons have closed that potentially may not open back up. Um, so it's it's real. And so if there is a money concern, right, mm-hmm. specifically thinking of, you know, our, our impoverished kids, our underserved kids, if there is a money concern and those parents didn't have the education, like you said earlier, then more mm-hmm. than likely they are working, you know, an entry level job. And those are usually the, those are the first to go. Right. Those are the first mm-hmm. people who were depending on tips. You know, they mm-hmm. were depending on customers coming to sit down for an hour and giving them a nice tip. And now they don't have that anymore because of and, and what we have that again. So even if we start opening things up, I can't speak for everybody. But mm-hmm. me, I use my I use common sense. I don't care what the president of the United States says. I don't care what uh, the CDC says. I'm going to be wearing my mask for a while.
2: Me too. I'm serious. Me I'm going to have
0: on different masks every day matching my suit.
2: Every day, I am dead serious, and then think about the school year. Um, yep. we were just talking about my director just told us she said nine times out of ten, when we start the school year next year, um, for 2020 2021, mm-hmm. we're still going to be doing distant learning because we have to. I'm teaching kids, you can't tell a seven year old to stay six feet right. away. You know, right. these are kids who want to learn, and run kids and are put nasty. You in. They're disgusting. As a father, <laughs> I can tell
0: you, kids are nasty. They're
2: disgusting. They yeah. will cough in your face. They yeah. touching this. They touching that. They're touching like, everything. It's crazy. They're, They're touching, touching everything.
0: everything. Everything.
2: And I just, me as an adult, wouldn't feel comfortable with you know coming to a setting like that, where you know, okay, this is still going on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that we as teachers, the kids are going to take a major ill, a major ill. But we as teachers are going to take an even bigger l because at the end of the day, for the next school year, I think this is going to make our job 10 times harder as if it is as if it isn't already harder and stressful enough. I Last summer, what I would do is if I had students who were behind, I would bring students home and I would tutor them over the summer. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, if I tried to do that now, that yeah. would literally be my entire class yeah. to try to help you know, give that extra help to catch them up. Yeah. Um I I'm just saying if if we ain't never needed a raise, yeah, we need it now. Like we need because yeah. we're gonna be working overtime. For the next school year,
0: it's gonna be longer and, than and that.
2: And even after that, yeah, even I'm, after that, we're gonna be working overtime.
0: Here's my prediction. As if
2: we don't already do that.
0: As if we don't already do that.
2: So mm-hmm. here's my
0: prediction. And I know it's different at different schools. Mm -hmm. In the school I came from previously, tutoring to some extent was mandatory. Mm -hmm. At my affluent school district now, my affluent school now, by the way, which is about 1,400 middle schoolers in one building. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm wearing a mask. (laughs) Whenever (laughs) we go, my mask is on. This is how I'm teaching. We
2: have 300 students and yeah, i'm just not i'm wearing yeah. a mask
0: you can't tell yeah. me I'm, and if you tell me i can't wear a mask then i'm gonna go find a school that don't mind me wearing a mask i'm wearing a mask i mean
2: how can you practice social distancing in a school you have lunch you have breakfast you have recess you have programs you have so you got 25 kids and, and we have 25 i'll cap yeah. 25 there in one a, classroom
0: there was an article that's circulating and i don't know how um, valid or credible the source is, allegedly it came from the CDC, but when stuff is passed around social media, I don't necessarily yeah. give it the 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 credence that it probably should have until I can actually research and I see it on a credible source like the New York Times or you know something mm-hmm. that I actually trust um, and there was something about the CDC was in discussions with um, the Department of the Federal Department of Education and of course Trump's administration and saying that. We would have to practice social distancing in schools, um, which is impossible because we know how we know how our schools are built. And it may cause either schools to increase the hiring of more assistant support and educators. It may cause an uh, increase or grant possibility for um, for needed building space or to add like needed space to buildings. I don't know if they don't realize how expensive it is to add to mm-hmm. an actual school um, mm-hmm. or to, to build anything um, as far as education is concerned. Um, what else did they say? Oh, instead of going to, um, to the cafeteria for lunch, the kids would stay in the classroom for lunch.
2: That's absurd. I I I feel like that's
0: causing even more of a threat than them going to a cafeteria. Wait a second. We all in here with our mouths open and spit is flying out and people coughing and sneezing and we just in the same congested room this entire Mm -hmm. time and nobody. Mm -hmm. The coronavirus, and I'm not a scientist, this thing isn't gone and it won't be gone by the end of this year. It won't be gone by the end of this year. I think this is a new consequence, and there's some research out there, based on how we as human beings have been treating Mm -hmm. um, the ecosystem and the environment, this Mm -hmm. is the cause of that. And this Mm -hmm. won't be the first one. And think about it. Fall, so, what, September, October, November, December, flu season.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be double time.
0: Double time. And we're still going to have to deal with this. I honestly can't see us going back to school (laughs) in fall. But if we do go back to school in fall, again, <laughs> Leonard Andre Wilson Jr. will have on a mask. I don't care if it's unprofessional. I will be in my POCs with a mask. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't even know how. Maybe I'll go to my car how and eat lunch.
2: How are you going to even teach like
0: that, though? It, the ma- it's going to have to be some special mask <clears> with like a microphone built into it. And then they're going to have speakers. <laughs>
2: Our lives have—I feel like our lives. Everything has changed. changed. Everything has changed, Everything and it's is changed. not going to be the same, mm-hmm. or at least not for a while. I just don't see it. It's by the grace of God that I did not fall sick. I had so many sickly children in my class this past when was winter. This? It was this what past month? winter? What month do you remember? Like like December, January? December, January, February. Yeah. Ish. Same. They were so sickly. I had same. a student; her lungs collapsed. I can believe it. And she was in the hospital for 2 weeks. Like I can they were it. I'm talking about just just they were so sick. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't get sick and it's just like if they were sick like that during flu season. Yep. And their kids. Yep. What do you think could happen if we go back too soon and yep. something like this is going on?
0: Yep. It happened so. same thing. Yep, same thing happened in my school in January. And remember mm. 1400 kids I don't know what our staff and faculty numbers are. That's how high. That's how many teachers work in the building. There's teachers mm-hmm. working in the building. I don't know them. Like personally, like I don't even wow. recognize I don't even recognize their faces. Because I only see them wow. I only see them during faculty meetings. So I don't even recognize them. That's a
2: lot. <laughs>
0: and they were dropping like flies in January. And the kids are Same. dropping like flies. And typically I have I think my biggest class last or this this school year or past school year, whatever you want to call it, um twenty-six. It got to the mm-hmm. point like every class was between six to ten kids in January. And so mm-hmm. it got that bad that the district shut our school down for like, the, wow. re- like for, for the rest of the week. They just shut the school down. Like, give y'all some time to recover. We got a lot of people getting sick. And I said, you know, looking back at that, I didn't say it then, but looking back at that, I said, that's coronavirus. That's wow. what that was. Even the symptoms. No,
2: the, the same, that's this is coronavirus. the same thing with us. Yeah. It, it was like we had so many teachers. Oh, such and such is out with the flu. Uh-huh. My coworker worker has bronchitis. They had diagnosed her with bronchitis. Uh-huh. Something, another uh, teacher, like everybody was dropping like flies. And it got to the point where I was like, I was wiping pencils down. Yeah. <laughs> I was making my kids yeah. take their stuff out, wiping textbooks, like yeah. cleaning everything down. I'm like, everybody is getting. Sick. Um, right before, I think this is this was maybe like February. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just woke up one day and I just had like this constant cough. Um, and then I had like my body was hurting. Oh, body I was aches. Sweating. Oh. And my mom was just like, "Oh, you know, you need to, you know, you're probably coming down with the flu. You just need to da 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 da." And so I literally was feeling like that for like three days. And I ended up, I was taking like NyQuil, you know, like flu stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But within four days, you know, I was feeling better and I just got over it. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think everybody has probably been sick at some point in time between December and now. And they didn't know.
0: Guaranteed. They didn't know. Guaranteed. And you know, and that's also like, especially if it was like February, March, sinuses, You know, because we're approaching Mm -hmm. spring sinuses sinus issues. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people were saying. Nah, it's something more than that. So I feel like this happened
2: to me in February before. Yeah, you know, all this was going on. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just, you know, it's it's Ali. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know, got a little cold or something. But if that had happened to me now, right definitely would have been alarmed so you you just you just never know with this stuff honestly i don't see it going back to normal yeah so
0: everything that the cdc suggested um just proves to us that these people who work for these government agencies and even policymakers have never Mm -hmm. worked in the schools before they've never stepped foot in front of a, a classroom full of students who yeah they've never done it And um, they just continue to just show their, you know, ignorance, you know, their ignorance Mm -hmm. as far as um, of what we have to deal with. So none of that's Mm going to fly by the CDC. You made some really Mm -hmm. great points about the stress and the stress is going to increase. Every school leader needs to be concerned with teacher burnout. Yeah. And I'm going because, look, we're talking about one year. Yeah. Even if you just think about. Oh, excuse me. Even if you just think about, what was that the bill-shaped curve, the learning curve, um, with kids missing this much instruction, I think, it, 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 and also thinking about kids in title, well, I won't even say title one, because I've got them now. I've got them in my affluent school district. I've yeah. got kids who, I won't call them illiterate, but they're close. Mm-hmm. They're close. They're close. And the skills they need for the grade that they're going to, like I taught sixth and eighth grade this year. Most of my sixth graders are fine. Thankfully mm-hmm. those eighth graders though, I have eighth graders that are barely passing my class. So they're going to be promoted to the next grade because yeah. we canceled the, the official state testing, which was supposed to take 15% of their final grade, depending on when we got it back. I never rely on that. Um, but to be honest, they aren't ready for high school. But they're going mm-hmm. to high school. And there's nothing I can do about it. They passed pass me with a D. You. They passed me with a D. They got a 70. But they're going to high school. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they got that 70. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not there. The skills aren't there. They're not, re- they're not college and career ready. Um, mm-hmm. Even at, you know at their respectable grade level. They're just not there. And so I really feel like for those kids who are already behind, now they're behind even more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm think, I'm looking at this thing like a three year challenge. And, and it could be longer than that. But my prediction is a three year challenge. Now, here, let me add to this. Here's some a few hot takes. Like you said, with the added stress, like I said, with the burnout, you are going to see teachers. Let me not say teachers. Mm-hmm. I actually hate the word teachers. Let me not say teachers. Educators, because it's going to include counselors, school psychologists, school social workers, administrators, mm-hmm. cafeteria staff, librarians. Everybody. Look, are going to be leaving the education field over this next three years. Watch, you heard it first on the Black Scholars Podcast. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not. No, joking.
2: I believe you. I. It's,
0: I'm I, not joking. They out of here. I don't know how we're going to balance, but I don't.
2: I honestly don't know. How we are going to bounce back from this? I had a, um, I guess like I had a mentor, a mentee before I got out of school. That mm-hmm. um, I think she went to Trinity,
0: okay,
2: um, University, and you know she was kind of like asking me, you know, like what are your tips on being a new teacher and I was like that, and I'm just like, um, I don't really know because. As a new teacher coming into something like this, mm-hmm. it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for vets. It's gonna it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. I just I have a class. I have twenty three students.
0: Okay.
2: Ten of my students have either IEPs or they're not on grade level.
0: Okay.
2: I have students in second grade who cannot read, who wow. I'm teaching them on a kindergarten level, and I have to see you to third grade, where you are reading chapter books where Mm -hmm. you are writing Mm -hmm. page-long papers, where you're being introduced to essays, and you are expected to write full paragraphs. Mm -hmm. So we we can't give them grades. We have to basically just give them comments saying where their areas of strengths and their areas of weaknesses are. So you're skipping all of this, and I'm passing you on a third grade. Four or five years from now, when you get to high school... You're going to, because you don't have basic foundation skills that you learn in pre-K through third, there are going to be so many gaps that are just not filled. There are going to be so, 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 so many gaps. And it's like you said, as if we already aren't burnt out enough, it's going to be even harder on us. Um, At my school, we have to do our own lesson plans, Mm -hmm. and I teach everything. So imagine having to plan five days a week for four subjects. On top of differentiating it, on top of planning homework, like as if we weren't already kind of complaining about how stressful that is. And then time management, like it's, time management is a struggle now. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely going to be an issue in the future. I agree with you. I think educators are definitely going to start leaving the field. Um, I feel like it's just going to be a big problem. And at the end of the day, everybody knows when test scores don't look how they're supposed to look, all eyes are on us. Well, you're the teacher. This is your class. These are your students. They've been in here with you all school year. Nobody's gonna look at the fact that, you know, this coronavirus is going on. Students were already behind, now they're even double time. They're gonna be looking at us. That they that's the that blame wanna always be on us. That's
0: a huge so, mistake. Yeah. Um, it is. It so
2: is. You,
0: you bring up you bring up a question should test scores count next school year?
2: Absolutely not. Should no. kids even
0: take tests?
2: No. No. I don't think it's going to do them any justice. I don't think it's going to do us any justice. I think the only thing that's going to do is is open an avenue for finger pointing and blaming. Well, why didn't they pass? Because nobody's going to step up and say the coronavirus had anything to affect it or the fact that they I have would, learning I gaps.
0: I would. <laughs> I, I, would, would I would. Hey. <laughs> remember the last two and a half months of school we missed and and you can look in the grade book and see he had a 70 yeah. a 72 a 73 and a 69 okay yes that's
2: gonna be my defense as well but let's yeah. be realistic here right administration ain't gonna you know the school board is not gonna like i i think it's a horrible idea Good. i i don't think they yeah. should test next school year i don't think it's gonna benefit anybody right I think they should just
0: veto it, honestly. The policymakers have to actually have real educators on that committee. Doing this type of stuff. They have to consult with actual educators, not someone that was in a classroom 50 years ago. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Education ain't the same as it was 50 years ago. We need someone Mm -hmm. that's actively doing it now or was recently doing it within close to right now because that's the only way they're going to be able to make the decision of And I can see them saying, you know what? We want them in the habit of taking assessments every year. We've already canceled it for the 2019-2020 year. I get if they want to do it Mm 2020-2021, but there's no accountability there. They're Mm -hmm. taking the test because we want to keep up, you know, that's a skill. Like test taking is a skill. And so we want yeah. to continue to expose them to that. And we do need to see, okay, dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with the 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 family issues that a lot of kids are going through, dealing with, you know, food, domestic abuse, child abuse, divorce numbers are about to look crazy. A lot of people about to break up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. this ain't the podcast for it, but <laughs> hey, I've been quarantined with you for for two months. And, and you uh, on my <laughs> yeah, I see a different side of you, and I think um, it's not you, it's me. But yeah, we need to we need to go it's our separate ways. Crazy. It's that about to be cra- crazy. Our entire world has shifted, and it's amazing to me how it's amazing to me how you know people are. Um, and this is really on social media, they talk, man, I can't wait to go to brunch, or I can't wait to get my hair and nails did, or I can't wait to do yeah. this again. And it's not to say that we won't be able to do those things, but it's gonna look so You gonna be different. waiting. It's gonna you look gonna so waiting. different. Brunch ain't gonna look the same. And if brunch mm-hmm. does look the same as what it used to look like, all y'all getting sick. Yep. Every all I'm y'all getting
2: 25. sick. Yeah imagine me like it's like i I, you know i'm 25 i feel like i'm in the prime of my life
1: yeah
2: um i have my own business that i had just got off the ground um so it's like i'm i'm literally at that point in life where i'm just kind of getting a grip on life like i'm still figuring it out so for something like this to happen at this point in my life i Mm -hmm. just feel like Oh my future! Like I'm, I'm thinking about my future. Yeah. And how much something like this can impact everything I thought I had planned. You know, I feel like I'm unstoppable. You know, yeah. when you're young. You yeah, feel like of you're course. Unstoppable. You ready to conquer the world and all like that. So something like this, it's like I never thought I would live to see a pandemic. You know, as a millennial, you know, none of us I'm, did. I'm, I'm not a homebody. I like to be on the go. I like to travel, do all this stuff and that. So. This is just yeah this is this is probably the most interesting thing that has ever happened in my life. Look. Look, somebody somebody this.
0: posted on Twitter and they said um I can't remember what she said. She said something like this is going to be we're going to be talking about this for a while. Like once yeah. once we come out of this. I said no no no. We're going to be talking about this forever. This is history. Mm-hmm. There are going to be books, movies, podcasts, YouTube channels, documentaries. I mean, you already, see, you already see the, what's the article going around? Somebody in, I think they're in Trump's office, said something about he had evidence. And I think even Trump said that he seen actual evidence that the coronavirus was tested and created in a lab in Wuhan, China. And they I released it.
2: I mean, that's survive. one of the conspiracies <laughs> is that
0: this is a bioweapon.
2: That's one of the conspiracies surprised.
0: is that this is a bioweapon for it to. I mean, it does,
2: yeah. it does seek and destroy and it's contagious. It's got to stay in your house.
0: And if you read I any scientific reports, they said that it's not either alive or dead. And I'm confused. How's the virus not alive?
2: That's crazy. It's a virus. That is.
0: What you mean? That it's not alive. Me.
2: It can switch. That's,
0: so it can, <laughs> like a zombie. It can be, it can, it can, it can resurrect itself like Jesus. And then it can, like, okay, I don't
2: right. know if you remember a month ago when we were told. I, I remember it vividly. I was watching the news. Yeah. Um, and this was like the second month in March, and they were specifically on TV telling people do not wear a mask. Do
0: yes, they masks. do. I was arguing do with people online masks. about that. Yes, I was on you Twitter gonna, arguing about
2: buy that. Buy up all the supplies. Exactly. Yeah. It only works for people who got it. And yeah. Now, like literally three months, three weeks later, they were like, "You got to wear a mask." You can't go nowhere if you don't got a mask or face covering. That if 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 that happened, do you think I'm about to believe anything that y'all say? Exactly,
0: exactly. Because to me, like you, you kind of we kind of knew already we should have been wearing masks because they're like, wash your hands, sanitize your hands, wash your hands, sanitize your hands. It's like, why do you want us to wash and sanitize our hands so much? Oh, because if you touch your face and it gets in through your you know it gets in through your nostrils and your eyes and stuff like that, those droplets, that's how you get it. Mm-hmm. Well then, I should already have on a mask covering that. So if I touch yeah. anything, I'm at least touching my mask and not my actual face. And yeah. everybody, legit on social, oh, you guys look goofy. You look silly out here wearing these masks. And then something mm-hmm. came out where the CD, they said the CDC wanted to release to the public that we should wear masks, but they weren't going to officially do it. And then I think like two weeks rolled around, and it was like, oh yeah, we need to. Be, you got everybody needs to be wearing masks. It's like.
2: Do you know how many lives have been
0: affected? How many deaths have potentially been caused because of the lack of information? And you think I'm Mm going to trust the CDC when they tell us that we need to be practicing social distancing when we go back to school? Okay, social social distance these. Here is my (laughs) resignation. And I'm I'll turning that, and I'm sure. turning that in via email. I'm not even physically turning that in. You gonna get this email? I'm serious. And and this brings up, I got one more question for you. And this lead, mm-hmm. this is leading us to this question. Mm-hmm. So. How has this impacted you? Like you, you, you stated a few things. Like you know, you just got your business started. This is your Mm -hmm. third, going into your fourth year. You got a career going. You got a business going. You're young. You feel invincible. You're chocolate in Chocolate City. You got all Mm -hmm. these great things going for you. (laughs) And then now something like this happens. So, and when I ask this question, I mean like even like conversations maybe you had with people close to you, friends and friends and relatives, or even Mm -hmm. internal conversations. Because I'll be honest, I've had a lot of. Conversations with myself. I've done a lot of thinking, a lot of internalizing. How does this affect my career uh, mm-hmm. trajectory from here on out? Like, what co- What are those conversations? What is that dialogue like for you?
2: So one thing I want to say is, ironically enough, I want, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that I decided to start a business when I did. hmm Because with something like this going on, like you said, the education field is not looking too good in a few years, you know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that I decided to go out on a limb and start something for myself so that if I, you know, find myself saying, hey, you know, this is too much, this is something that I, you know, want to walk away from, I have something to fall back on. And that's not going to be clocking in on somebody's clock. You know what I'm saying? That's not right. going to be waiting for a raise every year. Right. That is me being my own boss, me setting my own schedule, me setting my own prices, making my own money. However, with this social distancing thing going on, of course I would have to tailor that to you know everything that's going on around me. Um, I would say that I, I struggle with anxiety, so I moved to D.C. three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm 17 hours away from my family, so I literally left everything and everybody to basically go elsewhere and try to start something for me. And so, ever since I've been here, I've struggled with anxiety. So, since I've been home, it's actually decreased significantly because I've been able to... um, you know, I've been able to focus on myself. I've been able to focus on myself mentally and emotionally. I don't have the stress of my job, basically. And mm-hmm. so I've actually kind of came out better. Like, I've taken this time to just focus on me and focus on myself. Um, honestly, the only thing I can do pretty much at this point is just try to create, like, you know, healthy habits and try to come up with new things that can better me in the future. That's honestly what I've been doing at home. I've been coming up with business plans and trying to figure out how can I create residual income and, you know, like reading about finance, like, you know, financial literacy. Um, I feel like in a time like this, this is the best time to take advantage of taking care of yourself. So, 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 so I, that's how I've been, um, teaching. It's just, I, I I, it is what it is at this point. I'm kind of just rolling with the punches. I try to figure it out as the day goes on. Um, the whole distance learning thing, I think that we can expect that to be the future of learning. And it needs to change from, well, well when are we going to go back to the school to, no, how are we going to train teachers to be effective teachers, distant learning? You know, that's what the conversation needs to change to. Um, cause I will be perfectly fine with teacher from home, but I need to, I need to learn how, you know, the same way we come together and we have PLCs and we have these faculty meetings and these trainings before the beginning of yeah. the school year. Yeah. Administration <clears throat> needs to get together and figure out, well, how can we teach our teachers to practice distance learning from home? How can they be teachers from home? So I think that's what the conversation needs to become.
0: I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, recently, I participated in a um, Twitter public forum. You know mm-hmm. the thing with the hashtag, and it's some 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 educators in Tennessee and some some politicians and some political hopefuls um, chiming in on social distance learning. And I participated in that. One of the things I said was, "Well, we don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel." Like. Some of your best teachers, we learned that very early on, even when we're, mm-hmm. you know, not in a classroom yet, is we don't have to reinvent the wheel. All we have to mm-hmm. do is look at who's been doing this for the longest and who's been doing it well. And, mm-hmm. and 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 there's some criticism, but college and universities, they have learning management systems on lock. They mm-hmm. know how to um engage adult learners so if there is a way we can take what they do and we can apply it to k through 12 Mm -hmm. we need to do that and literally in every state that's a that's a resource for everyone is there Mm -hmm. are college and universities college Mm -hmm. and universities need to be partnered with school districts charter networks private schools we need to make this happen um now like we can't wait until july or august or mm-hmm. whenever to figure it out like we got to figure this out now and i know we're playing a game of and this is one of the things i hate about education specifically k-12 public education we're very reactive and it's mm-hmm. annoying we're some of the smartest human beings on earth why are we never proactive about things? Coll- mm-hmm. some colleges and universities have already said welcome class of 2024
1: you're you're admitted,
0: you're in, but guess what? But guess what? Everything is distance learning.
1: Yeah. My grad school yep. got
0: moved to distance learning. To the yep. point where I'm like, I'm supposed to graduate this summer, I'm actually thinking about pushing it back just to see mm-hmm. how everything transitions so then I could do it on my own accord instead of being um reactive. I want to so that's like <clears throat> me being proactive. I want K through 12 public education systems and and the federal and state department be proactive say we're not going back to school in fall because we don't believe it's safe
2: don't don't wait on Trump don't wait on the CDC
0: don't wait for any of that if college and universities are doing it because it doesn't make logical sense from a scientific perspective
2: it -hmm. can't just
0: disappear by time oh it's August 3rd it's time for the kids to go back to school let's go all back to Mm -hmm. school no no Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this right now as an educator with, who's, who's put a lot into my career and has, has accomplished a lot, I'm not afraid of walking away from education if I feel like it's going to potentially kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I will do something else. I have a whole nother graduate degree that I can use that I haven't touched that will I know for sure allow me to work from home. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid. I will take a break. I took a break before and I'll come back later. <laughs> I'm for real. So if these three years is about to be crazy and I'm seeing teachers getting sick, teachers dying, principals dying, which we've already seen some of this already, right?
2: Yes. Me? Yes.
0: The podcast going to keep going? <laughs> but as far as bills getting paid?
2: I'm not doing that. Yeah. Look,
0: every episode I'm like, yep, I was a great teacher. I ain't been in the classroom <laughs> three years.
2: they are like, why are you leave? You know, said, it's <laughs> sad that we have to look at it um, like that. I think that Education ha- education needs to adapt. That's just what it is. It does. Stop trying to figure out, because like I said, the only thing we're doing now is putting a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. Let's stop d- d- with this temporary fix Please. and let's adapt. Like we have to adapt. Digital learning. Yep. Online learning, distance learning, whatever you want to call it, yep. they just be the new wave. I yep. mean, this is 2020. Let's be honest. Yep. I, back in the day, it was, and I'm not even talking about 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I'm talking about like early 1900s. People just had schoolhouses. You had a school yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But it evolved over, over, over time, and distance learning could just be. Education evolving over time. We may be forced right. to do it, right? But realistically speaking, I mean, we're millennials. Uh, kids are. My second graders can get my phone without ever touching it before, and they can figure out how to navigate that thing right. within a matter of minutes. Right? They they were they're just born like that. So yeah. I mean, we just need to. Administration just needs to adjust, and as teachers, it's only so much we can do.
0: And and to be fair to the point that you just said, we were talking about this in 2017, when we mm-hmm. had hundreds and hundreds of mass shootings around this country.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: literally, it felt like every other day there was another shooting. I don't know what was going on in the weather or the cafeteria food in 2017, <laughs> but these kids were angry. And there was something going on everywhere, in every yeah. city, in every region. There was a shooting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's when they were talking about arming educators with guns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: An alternative to that <laughs> was distance learning, distance teaching. So what happened over the three years? Like, did those committees dissolve? Where's the research? Where are the plans? Because now it's real.
2: So yeah, far- But I think with that, it's just, it's going to, it may turn into something else. I don't know about you, but. Uh, there are a lot of times where I feel like a babysitter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I will have kids come to school sick as a dog. And I'm like, well, why did I you send them, them mom? to the nurse? And, I send them to oh, the nurse. Oh, well, mom had to. My mama said she had to go to work and all that. So I guess it'd be You could send a nurse's office all day. <laughs> <Go to laughs> nurse. I'm serious.
0: You're not getting <laughs> me sick.
2: Guess, You're not I guess getting me sick. Learning could become an issue for parents because it's like, if I'm not sending you to school all day, what are you doing? But then that's, you got to figure that out. You know, so. I mean,
0: we're all I mean, a lot of educators, not all, but a lot of educators are parents themselves. So we figuring yeah. it out, too. Just like nurses and yeah. doctors and the rest of the essential workers. We
2: have to figure it we out.
0: We're all figuring yeah. it out. We're all figuring out. And I'll tell you, the the corp, the Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies, the organizations, the nonprofit organizations, which include schools and school districts, charter networks, mm-hmm. they're going to have to step their game up as well, too. You're going to help us figure this out. If you want the best of the best, you want us giving our all, because I'm telling you, over this next three years, it's going to be very, very stressful. Good teachers, great teachers, good teachers who want to be great teachers, effective teachers, already put more pressure on themselves than they have to. Mm -hmm. Over these next three years, they're going to put even more pressure on themselves. We're going to have Mm -hmm. some educators, I hate to say this they're going to get ill just simply by the amount of pressure they put on themselves
2: I've already
0: and nothing to do with the coronavirus <laughs> nothing to do with the coronavirus they're ill from the amount of stress that they feel because they're so dedicated to this field and what do they have as a reward for all of their hard work just more stress more stress more stress nothing,
2: stress. nothing. and
0: again we're not saying don't pay more cuz obviously money is important but it's not the end all be all like it's still going to be stressful I'm telling you, I don't care successful. what they pay it. You're gonna have teachers walk away from the profession. Just I gonna, absolutely it's gonna agree. happen. I You're gonna have school principals that say, you know what?
2: Agree. Forget this. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, seriously, I my first this year, I for God bless me, my kids were angels. That's good. It was a breeze. But last year, I'm telling you, it was Oh Lord, it was something else. My kids was off the chain. I there were days where I would be like, I would call my principal and I would say, I can't come to work today. Yeah. Like I would literally have to take my sick leave as mental days yeah. because I just could not do it. Yeah. I was leaving work with migraines and headaches and just stress and just overwhelmed. This is a normal school year.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a normal school year. Yeah. And I'm in grad school at the same time. Yeah, I know that struggle.
0: Yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah,
2: I'm just thinking about how stressed out and overwhelmed I was all the time Mm -hmm. in a normal school year. So imagine trying to do something like this where your kids are even more behind. You're 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 right. Teachers are gonna be dropping like flies. School principals,
0: counselors, school psychologists. Mm -hmm. Man, forget this. Forget this degree.
2: we're going to need therapists and counselors um, Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: and there was something smaller that was passed after the $2 trillion. There was like an extra $458 million, something like that was passed. There's going to be more. Mm-hmm. They're going to have yeah. to. Well, whatever yeah. more that's coming should include counseling and therapy for everyone, especially Definitely. in the field of education. We mm-hmm. need therapists too. School. Mm -hmm. The kids. The kids are gonna need it. Principals. Everybody that's doing this work is gonna need it. Um, I'm already in therapy. I already got a therapist. They could just pay. They could just pay my bill. I'll just pass my instead of my therapist billing my insurance company. She'll bill whoever. Yeah, bill them. Bill Trump's administration. Somebody needs to pay for this for real. And it's the perfect time. And that's a big thing. Self care. Self care is very Mm -hmm. important. You know, there's there's some positives. Inside of this whole quarantine and pandemic thing, obviously there's negatives and we wish that, you know, people weren't getting sick and people dying. But, you know, you hit you hit it right on the nail, you know, being able to reflect and um, focus on on you, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, eating right. You know, we can't go Mm -hmm. to the gyms, but you could still exercise. Um, I legit Mm -hmm. have been going to the park. Um, I'd say almost every day working out I have my mask on mm-hmm. and I tell you it infuriates me to see people in the park walking or jogging or doing whatever they're doing no mask on I'm like
2: wow. who, made you,
0: who made you invincible why don't <clears throat> you have a mask on
2: that's crazy
0: where's your mask you feel like you don't need one
2: I don't know maybe they do I've seen people like that too and I'm just like listen y'all do what y'all want to do I'm going to wear my mask everywhere look if it's everywhere. if
0: someone sneezes and this goes back to our point about school imagine one of your kids sneezing and you know how many times if you have tissue in a classroom i don't care what grade you teach all the way up it's to, to 12th day. grade it's gone kids sneeze cough <laughs> all the time okay mm-hmm. the virus has already been proven it lingers in the air for mm-hmm. several minutes you're walking into that as you're trying to explain, oh, well, you hit, do this and you do that. you you teaching your lesson. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You just walked into that. Yeah. Yeah. You just walked into that. So, yes, home. mask will be worn if I switch <laughs> schools or switch districts, even for the interview, guess what? I got my mask on. <laughs> Everywhere I go, you want to go on a date? Yeah. Guess what? I got my mask on. Yeah, it's it's not going to be the same.
2: It, it's, it's, I it's crazy. just don't see that happening. Um, I do not enjoy waking up at six o'clock in the morning every day to get to work, though. I don't. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just soaking it up. And it's crazy because I was just talking to my coworkers before we got out. We were talking about how, man, it's, it's large. We're not going to get another break until April. We got like four more weeks. And I was, you know, like, man, I just need a break. I need a break. I need a break. I need a break. Yep. Cause I, I was burnt out at that point. Testing was right around the corner, so yep. you know how admin is. Yep. They pressure you. They 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 observation after observation, meeting after meeting after meeting. I was like, I can't do this. I'm just like, Lord, I can't wait for spring break. So it was a much needed mental break for me. I have not been anxious. I have not been overwhelmed. I have not been stressed out in the past two months.
0: Yeah, same. So
2: that says a lot. Same about
0: how where our
1: God
2: is. So Yeah? Yeah. What can I
1: say? Mamba out. Thank you for listening to the Black Scholars Podcast. For more information, Sometimes, go to blackscholarspublishing.com. You just gotta go. You will never know what you could ever be if you never tried. Never see, stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave, so one wasn't no slaves in our history, weren't no slave ships, one no misery, call me crazy, or oh, isn't he, see I fell asleep and I had a dream, it all was all black. black.